T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Hall. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. When you talk about any kind of any kind of rivalry between the manager and the and the catcher, the former catcher, any kind of bad will, ill will, whatever way you want to word it, the yeah, idea that I had to go it. to a rival I, in order to get paid is probably the other way. I, I am not personalizing it, but I am focusing on David Ross because he was a guest Friday. Yes. And he addressed it because you asked him directly, and it was the right question at the right time. I read that article. Somebody sent me that. You know, I don't think that there's much. I didn't see any facts in there that, that Ken wrote, and I respect Ken ability and, and what he's done in this game but I love Wilson I, I don't have any bad things to say about Wilson and you know he's a brother for life for me World Series brother then in the context of Wilson Contreras saying what he said to Bally Sports for me I like this better it's a it's better organization I wonder if Cub fans out there does the absence of Wilson Contreras outweigh your excitement over the addition of all of the free agents that came to town. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. He chose the Cardinals because he got broke up with the day after prom and his girlfriend told him she didn't love him anymore. On 670 The Score. Crowley, I know Dustin is probably mad. Are you mad at Wilson? I'm not happy. I'll tell you that much. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And David, I'll remind our uh, executive producer, Dustin Rose, a texter, checked in yesterday and said, God, like the one day you want to hear from Dustin, he's not there. And he's there all the time when you don't want to hear from him. Morning, Molly. Yeah, happy Tuesday. I don't know if it's if he's there all the time when you don't want to hear from him. I think we want to always hear from him. I wondered if he took the day off in protest of Wilson Contreras' comments. <laughs> if he just couldn't make bring himself to get in front of the microphone because, you know, sometimes maybe that was a sign of maturity and restraint. He knew yeah. that he couldn't yeah. probably maybe process that anger 
somehow. He, so he once loved Wilson Contreras. I know he once did, and I am very curious. We can bring him in right now and find out where are your feelings at, Mister Rose. Well, before I had mentioned that. Um, I would stand up and tip a beer if I happen to be at Wrigley Field anytime Wilson Contreras and the Cardinals are visiting the friendly confines. Um, at this point, now I think I'll just stand up and I'll drink my beer. I don't think I will tip and cheers him. I wasn't going to cheer him as it was because he is now on the wrong side of the rivalry. What if he's booed? If he's booed, I don't know will that I'll... join the chorus? Well, there, there's Mob still, mentality? There's still plenty of time. He, and I'm sure if he's he he's doubling down, tripling yeah. down, he's pushing all his chips. He is all in on the the heel. He he's now the heel in, in this rivalry. You know, every every good rivalry needs a heel, and he's he's the you know the, he's the uh, but he did black audition for the hat. part. He was he was cast in the role. Right. I think Kevin nailed it though. Like he got broke up with on prom, and so he's you know that Who was the perfect time. That uh, well, listen, we've all been there in, in one way, in one way or the other. And Crawley yesterday, as we uh, recorded the Fly the W podcast, uh, played me that audio of you guys uh, picking on me. Even when I'm not here, I'm still being picked I, on. So I'm I glad I was. I'm glad I was we missed. Were picking on you, we love you dearly. We were having fun with your torment. Out of sight, never out of mind. Yeah. Thank goodness, Dustin. I- the fact is that that Wilson Contreras. Is is David said cast as the villain. He he wanted to stay here, and they did not want him, and so he went to the other place. And he's been surprised at how much it's a better franchise. Here's and what a I wonder: organization. Forget about the booing and the fan reaction. That will be interesting, and I think he will get the ovation that he has earned on May eighth when he returns to Wrigley. I do wonder if he keeps chirping, what might happen with the first fastball. That is delivered to a Wilson Contreras. Oh, come on. Knowing that he is triggered by t- high and tight. He, we know how often he gets hit in the past several years and how he reacts to that. I just wonder in the back of my mind. It'd be great if David Ross would just come out and say, we're going to send him a little message. Yeah, well, he doesn't have to say it. Well, based always, on what he said here, right, you wouldn't think he'd be no. ordering ordering that I up. Know. But, but you know, that was after... That was after he made those comments that we're reacting to after he was here. So I'm just wondering if anybody out in spring training, they didn't do it yesterday because we didn't hear about it, but will somebody say, did you hear what Wilson Contreras had to say? I hope somebody asked him that. I'm surprised we haven't heard the response. But, I mean, if they they did, wouldn't we have heard about it? I would think so. And and shouldn't shouldn't they be asking? I I mean, in all seriousness. I I don't know. I mean, I I don't assume anything anymore. Listen. Oh, I don't know. You're not allowed. You don't to say know. That. You don't know if he should be asked about this. No, I know he should be. Okay. I don't know if he was. Well, I don't know if I, he I, will I, be. I can't assume anything about coverage these days. I don't assume anything ooh. about the way we cover anything. If you assume something, you'll make an ass of you and me. <laughs> of course, he should have been asked that. All right. I the just moment to... that Wilson Contreras went on Bally Sports and that was all over the internets, I think that David Ross should have been presented with that audio, or at least a characterization of what he said. And what do you think, David? What do you think, Rossi? What if Rossi agrees? What if he said, well, you know what? The Cardinals have won a lot. I and mean, if, if I'm really picking it apart. And, and John honest, Lester picked that organization, too, at the end of his career, so I understand why he would like it. But there Come needed on. to be a follow-up, too, when he was when his answer about old school. They have an old school mentality. You yes. know, and, I, and I always like to, you know, I that feel like. they're going to throw at the Cubs. 
What is that? The Cardinals? What is, what is the old school thing? You don't thing? have to explain it. You really don't. Cardinals, old school, they, they are a traditional baseball operation. They do things the right way. He's right about his pray when he's So what are they the doing differently, Cup. David, than the Cubs are? They're making smart decisions. They're making good evaluations. They're making good trades. They're retaining their talent. They're developing it. They're going out and getting free agents when they need guys and making trades that make an impact. And you get everything. They kind of win consistently. But is that old school? I, the, to me, it was the old school thing that stood out. Like, what did that mean? Old school. Like, so the the unwritten rules of baseball. Like they like live and die. They live and die by it. They're the authors of that. Tony Larusa wrote the unwritten rule book, and they have distributed it in. The cardinal way. Did, did you disagree with what he said about the organization? In honesty, Dustin. Well, they, you... they, they, I mean, the Cardinals, the recent vintage, yes, the Cardinals have had a, a overall more success than the Cubs. You can't, you can't argue and it's not just about recent that. Vintage. It's, it's over the course of, you know, their, their time in the same division. They Didn't have, say? they have been. Kind of they've the, won more the, the divisional Packers titles to the Cubs. The, the, what the Packers yes. are to the Bears, the Cardinals have been to the Cubs for mm-hmm. a little stretch there. Okay, a stretch. The yeah. Joe Madden era. Right. So the Ditka, the Ditka era versus the, the yeah. okay, like that. The, I, there was a decade, basically. But I think that when he when he spoke about the Cardinals in the old school way, and you look at them, you, they are the rival. If you're a Cub fan, certainly. But you have yeah. to have some grudging respect for what they've done and how consistent they are. Sure, grudgingly respect. I could do that. Yep. Good, you don't have to. You're not, some you're not ground required there. to. I feel no, like we, but it makes sense. Again, as you as you get older and not as much of a meatball, you're a leaner meatball, I guess. So you wouldn't throw it, Wilson? Not yet, but there's still time. <laughs> I like that. There's still time. Really, I you know I I just think you've got to take everything that happened into consideration. When you listen to what he has to say, that's reasonable. There, though. there is How there often is a certain you, amount of sour grapes involved in this. There, there yes, true. That's just but the how often are is rivalry talk reasonable? Very not, seldom. Well, not show. if it's a good rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but I think that I think his circumstance. I I would still stand up and cheer him. I, I think he's had a great career. Uh, he was a good Cub. He was part of that team. And they sh- they should give him the nod. Oh, I, I mean, think Wilson Contreras is, was a great Cub. Yeah, but is he, he is he an emotional guy? Yes. Is he probably going to get fired up? Yeah, and I I think it'll. I don't think it's going to be like unhinged Wilson. I think he'll actually play pretty well. I think he'll be pretty motivated because he was pretty and, hurt. And as and as emotional as he is and can be, we've all seen it. This wasn't that guy. This was thoughtful Wilson Contreras. This was a composed. A professional athlete being asked a question and reflecting on what is different about his life and looking ahead and being grateful for the organization that he landed and that he chose. They they paid him handsomely, and he's going to be the guy that you know is happy to be there. Did the Cardinals overbid slash overpay because of this rivalry? I, I mean, I, were there were there multiple? No, it, it was an old school move. <laughs> I think they, I, if you want to were say there the, multiple offers out there, were teams fighting to have Wilson Contreras the Astros, be their backstop? Weren't the Astros also involved? I believe, but they don't have. I mean, were, were they really? I mean, they could have had him, but you know, Dusty got in there and said he didn't want to trade a pitcher. But you know back. what? They didn't need him as much as the Cardinals needed him. They were replacing Yadier Molina. Right. 
Right. They had a need and a pitching staff, regardless of what we think or what the perception is of Wilson Contreras' inability to frame or call a game or whatever the case may be behind the plate, the Cardinals believe he was their guy. Well, see, that's what's interesting because if we do, if we do have to accept the fact that the Cardinals do things the right way, and David, you laid it out very well about the things that they do that other organizations could be jealous of, right? So what do they see in Wilson that Jed and his group don't see in Wilson? Because if you believe David Ross... I, I'm guessing the answer is that they see enough of Yadier Molina to make that move. So they like that. So they, 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 they think they, this is the this is the. They think he's the answer. He closes that gap the, that's the best they, and the quickest. He, he's you know they like his bat obviously. Who doesn't? And his arm. And they he can throw the ball. He's got a rocket. Got a so, rocket arm. You know. So, I'm just saying. I think there are there are things that they like. But the Cubs are obviously all about defense. What based on what they've done this offseason, sure. they're, they're 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 screaming defense. And and I think the Cardinals were always known as a good defensive team. I just I just wonder if, the, the, if this one time that the St. Louis Cardinals are getting out a little over their skis because of the rivalry and let's get Wilson and let's amp this up a little bit and let's close the gap. I think it's a great point. Let's close the gap. We lost Yadi Molina. How do you quickly replace him? This is the quickest stop well, gap, if you will. And here's the other thing. They're also, I know he's your guy. It's a five-year deal. It's, it's not a stop. It's not. A, he's, he's, he's their guy for the yeah. next. I mean, it stops Mike, the bleeding immediately. Mike Maddox, the pitching coach, has moved on. They've got a new pitching coach. So they also have a, a need for somebody to step in there and have maybe a stronger voice. If you have an established pitching coach, and I know they have a, a younger manager, but now they've got they've got a lot of things where it would appeal. If I'm Wilson Contreras, you go in there, and you do have experience that's valued, not questioned. That's got to be huge for him. That's mm -hmm. what I said yesterday. He's in an organization that respects and values where he's coming from and what his strengths are, and even his weaknesses. The Cubs didn't do that. No. The Cubs didn't. And, Dustin, you know what's interesting to me is, like, we talk about the Cubs building defensively and how good that's going to be and how, how the power will come. They'll have the power. Don't worry about the power. Well, Suzuki is, you know, got, put 20 pounds of muscle on. He'll, he'll show – more power oh boy. and wisdom is kind of a guy that. So, if those two guys are out now, now where's the power coming that, that, from? And David, I'm not saying David they Bowie. are out, but well, I'm just saying. <laughs> how long is that going to last? It is something to well because we talked about how he was nowhere on this roster and all. Well, of a he sudden, wasn't even invited. He's a non-roster invitee, I know, I know. as they say. I love that description of every right. spring training guy that he, he kind of has been written off, but now he's coming in there with a point to prove. David Bodie yeah. starts is coming in hot, but the point is they need power, and the they do. They don't have two it. of the guys they were relying on for power. Whether it's for a day with Patrick Wisdom, whether Suzuki, that's not a big deal that he's not going to the World Baseball Classic. The fact is he wanted to go, and now he can't. Well, kind of, of is a big deal because yeah, of my point is yeah. that's a bigger deal than we're letting well, on. The oblique it. injury is something that's mysterious, and you just don't know. Right. We'll hear more today. According to the right. Cubs report, and I hope I hope Patrick Wisdom is fine, but that I'm just saying your power is coming from limited sources, so you would like to make sure you still have it. You need it because it's a it's a weakness in your lineup. There's not enough pop in the order right. exactly. so far. Does this mean though, if Seiya Suzuki is withdrawing for the World Baseball Classic, that he cannot recruit Shohei Otani? That is a really good point. That's what I thought first. 
I was like, oh, man, who's going to do the pitch now? But then I thought they're never going to spend $500 million on one player. I wouldn't think. I wouldn't conclude that. Isn't yeah. he two players? He's two well, players. Well, see, now, now you get into that. That's interesting, right? He's now, two is guys. That, is, that, is, is, he, is he worth $500 million because he takes the role of two very good players? Why do you think I put the price tag at a half a bildo? He's worth two guys. And now people are saying after Machado's deal that it might be How about you know, that? 600 He's not coming to the Sox after all. <laughs> or the Cubs. No, but he was coming to the White Sox. He was coming to Chicago. Look at Kenny's eyes. He's surprised. They're still they bragging about that second. offer. Yeah, yeah, we were second. And How about thought, MLB Network? Oh, in their, did you see that last week in their rankings of the top 100 players? Otani was ahead of Trout, I believe. He was numero uno. Makes sense because he does the job of two guys. I mean, he's going to be in your rotation towards the top end of it, if not the very top, and he can DH and or play right field. So is is Suzuki not playing or is he not going and spending time with Team Japan? Because I want to know. I need to know. Because if he's not going to be there, he can't make the pitch. How can he go there if he needs to stay here? And I mean, he pulled out of the team. That means he needs to rehab, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, he should not be anywhere near the World Baseball Classic okay. if he's not if he's if right. he's pulled out. He's not rehabbing there. Even right. even if he's like valuable as a recruiter, I think they can get together okay. some other way right. somehow. Facetime. <laughs> they could Facetime. Yeah, that wasn't good news for the Cubs. It was, it was. It's been a tough start. Games aside, progress aside, when you have three straight days of injury reports, beginning with. Justin Steele, and then Seiya Suzuki pulling out of the WBC because of an oblique injury, and Patrick Wisdom as well. These are the kind of injuries you'd like to avoid. It is very, very early still, but... Sox won yesterday. How about that? First three of the Pedro Grafal era. <laughs> I don't know how much that means to you, but it means something to him. I don't know if it means anything. It should. I don't yeah, know. for him, I think it's a yeah. milestone. It's, he'll... he'll Maybe remember it. Yeah. They scored a lot of runs. So yeah, that's they good. did. Uh, your guy, Jake Berger, with a uh, another home I'll run. I'll take Jake Berger. He's hit two homers in three games. Guys like that have to come to camp and and make a point. The guys like that have to make the roster. They have to make the roster. Right. You start by making a point. He's got a lot of David Bodie in him. He's got something to prove. So I, I, I mean, if they are very similar me, players to me. Oh, but Interchangeable that, almost. Listen. Totally not remotely alike, nor their circumstance, nor anything connected to the two guys. They're just both playing in Chicago, and that's it. I mean, you think about it. This Jake Berger was a number one draft pick that got injured and had to go through a lot to finally get back and healthy. We didn't even think he was going to have a career. Uh, David Bodie was like this surprise Happy story, drove in from Iowa. I mean, it, it's a different deal. It's the, different types of adversity, but both Patrick guys overcame Wisdom it. might have more in common with uh, with a, a Jake Berger than David Bodie. I think both guys are kind of fringe infielders looking for a role, different positions. They don't really have any one that they've mastered. Both guys have a little pop in the bat, Berger more power. But I do think that both tend to be a, you know, out of out of obscurity into a position of relevance at one point. That's the hope for them. I don't know. I think that if I were to pick one guy, Berger has a better shot of making the team than David Bodie just because there's such a – there's such 
the, the Cubs have a lot of guys like Bodie now. And right. when you look at how many how many people they have behind Patrick Wisdom at third base, yes. waiting for a chance, I don't know where he fits on this roster. Interesting. So he's auditioning for the other teams, and he's off to a good start. Jake Berger, I think, does have a role on that bench because the Sox uh, value his power, and he's still young enough and also a draft pick. So I think that also That's what factors I'm saying. in. That, when you have a draft pick, there is somebody chose that guy. The club had made a commitment. There's some kind of connection that it's hard to shake. And all Bodie had to, you know, before this, I'm, I got to look at the terms, but he signed a contract extension. Remember when they he locked did. him up yeah. for a while, made him a rich man. Yes. So I don't know if you know, that was kind of the window that was open for him. It might have closed, yes. and now he's trying to, you know, yes. get open it back up. It's interesting. I, yeah. I mean, look, I think there's really good spring training stories all over baseball and certainly on both sides. Always are. Yeah. It's, always it, are, especially always. this year with the pitch clock. I, I, mean, I, I love it. I, and I think it's I, – I find it – I find the game more watchable. The numbers are encouraging, too. Yeah. The average time of game being they're, reduced they're by 23 20, minutes. 23 minutes off it's, the game. It's awesome. And to hear – They had one that was two hours and two minutes yesterday – um, I believe that's a early start. I hope it's a, I hope it's the norm moving forward. I hope it is the rule more than the exception. And Great. it does remind you of the Mark Burley days. It is like Burley pitching for both teams. That was what Theo said. That's what he said. And it was a great great way to put it in Chicago terms. Yeah. We understand it better when he says it that way. Yeah, the Cubs loss, the three nothing loss was two hours and five minutes. That's unbelievable. 205. Let me ask you guys this. I did not catch a Sox game on NBC Sports Chicago yet, but I have seen a little bit of Cubs on marquee, and that's not for any other reason than I was in Iowa this weekend. Well, that's shocking. I could listen to the I, I listened to our broadcast off the Odyssey app. But how I noticed on marquee, and I wanted to see what you guys thought, the, the shot clock up yes. there in that left-hand corner, yes. moving, going away, coming back. Did you feel like you were gravitated toward Were your eyes pulled there? And how is NBC Sports Chicago putting the shot clock up, if you noticed? Yeah, I don't think they're putting the shot clock up. It's more overt on marquee. I don't think it's as as, uh, constant on NBC Sports Chicago. I think the marquee's handling it the right way. Did you feel like you were drawn to it, though? But but not in a way that's distracting. I want to know. I am a clock watcher. I want to know how much time is left before every bat. I want to know how much time he has left before he throws it. So it didn't bother me. I know some people I've heard like, boy, this is baseball, a game without a clock. That makes me nervous. It creates anxiety. Well, I'm okay. Just over four more hours is the answer <laughs> to the clock watcher. <laughs> 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 well, I you mean, read my mind. Uh, yeah, no, I was that, that obvious. It's just, that's that's usually what a, a guy says when I, he's a clock watcher at work, right? Isn't that? Uh, it's never a positive. Oh, that, that clock watcher, well, no, he'll I, be out of here at five to five. Look, when you do what twelve we, more segments to go. When you do what we do for a living, I think you tend to watch the clock a little bit closer than no some people. No question might. about it. No, no, I I I do watch games at night in a slight panic. Because if it's as it closes, yes. as it closes, as it goes past nine o'clock, I'm like, oh, God, this is going to take 20 more minutes. Like, I know. It, I'm it, not getting any sleep. So that's like, that's I'll funny. be watching whether it's the Bulls or the Hawks or whatever. Maybe it's another game. And I'll say to my wife, and she'll say, Well, how much time is left? And, I, and I'll say, Well, that's about six and a half minutes. She says, How much is that really worth? 
how much how much is that really what does that really mean? What does six and a half minutes mean? So you don't you have to you learn these estimates. With baseball now, you could really like trim it down. A couple more innings doesn't mean you're gonna be there the rest of the night. It's great. I think I'm fine if I'm watching on TV, but I think if I'm at the ballpark, I don't know that I want to be in and out and you know, Dustin, that that is that that is a very sensible statement. And I think that there's a difference between going to games and watching them on TV. Um, I think that for me, if especially if you're talking like afternoon games, you know, you're if you're going to the south side, you're looking at the clock because you know rush hours coming and it's going to take you longer to get home. Whereas at Wrigley, you're probably taking the L anyway because that's just the way things are. It's hard. It's so congested. Um, I do think though that it's different when you're going to a game, you've got endless time than when you're watching it at home. I think they're very two different experiences, yes. Yes. But I also believe that the teams are going to probably object to that at some point in time because it's 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 a shorter window to sell concessions and everything else. Right, right. So they may react to that. Uh, I think the bartenders around Wrigley are going to be pleased. Definitely. Because you can get there early. You can, you know, get your uh, – have a, a nice uh, drop of the crater and then go in and then stop someplace after. But it, the whole idea anyway. was to make the game more watchable and to make baseball more interesting. And that, big picture-wise, improves everything about the sport. So if teams are complaining because they're, you know, they're 23 minutes fewer to sell concessions, deal with it. Well, I think deal the, with it. the the, the, the action is better when the yes. pace of the game is improved. And that's what it's about. It's not, it's not about making the game shorter. It's making the game more entertaining. And I think it's a more entertaining brand of baseball that we've seen. And if far. it's shorter, then that's that's part of it. That, that's, that You're helps willing you, to accept it. That helps with the television and all the rest of it. But, I mean, the idea is to make the game better. That's uh, If you talk, and we have talked to Theo about it, that's You're the whole going point. to remember a, a crisply played, uh, uh, action-packed, two-hour and seven-minute game more than you will enjoy a three-hour and 15-minute experience because you were at the ballpark longer. Exactly. Someone tell that to Dustin. He never watches the game anyway. Always. Gives him more time to stand up and, yeah. and, con- and be a conscientious and- objector to Wilson Contreras. Yeah. Then he's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to boo. I'm not going to cheer. I think, though, at some point. I'm going to drink my Bud Light. At some point, he's going to be tormented. He'll have to stand up and then turn his back to Wilson. <laughs> That's what I mean. I don't think he'll boo him. <laughs> he'll just turn but it he'll back. Give yeah. Him, yeah, he'll give him his back. <laughs> He won't be and able then, to see that first pitch Willie, fastball under the chin. Willie will see that guy and hit a line drive right between his shoulder <laughs> blades. Uh, oh, that's Dustin Rhodes making a stay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nailed again. Nailed. All right. We've got the pick six, all the stories of the day. We're going to pick them apart. It's Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's Pick Six with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick Six with Mully and Haw starts now. Is there any significance to the White Sox 10-1 victory over the Mariners, the first this season in three spring training games and the first of the Pedro Grifol era? Does it matter that the 10 runs are the most in a Cactus League game for the Sox since 2019? Boy, they should have scored more runs than that, right? I mean, that's kind of crazy. I I find that uh, difficult to accept. Um, Yes, I think it is significant that the Sox scored some runs, and it's significant that uh, Pedro Grifol finally got his era kicked off in the right way. There's, there's nothing, you know. You're gonna, no one cares what happens during uh, Cactus League games. It's not a big deal. You want to be healthy. You want to see, you know. You play a lot of split squad games. You want to see a lot of different guys get a chance to bat and to see what they can do. And it was, you know, it was kind of fun to see Oscar Colas uh, out there and. Uh, you know, I thought Stoney was on fire. There were a couple of things that he said at different points uh, with Connor McKnight that that were really interesting to me. And I, I you know, I, I love Connor, so that was good to, to hear him do the game. Um, I, I, you know, all the way around, it was very enjoyable kind of background noise while I was getting various things accomplished uh, around the house. And I enjoy, you know, like every once in a while you'll hear something or you'll look up and be like, where'd that? How'd they get that run? And you can go run back and watch it. I wish all the games were like that. I wish every single game <laughs> Ten to was one. on. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying I oh. wish they were all on TV in that fashion. And I've, I'm watching a lot of the Cubs and the Sox. I just love it. It's going to be a great season. I'm looking forward to it. And I don't even know if either team would be any good, but it's going to be a great season, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, when I saw the Sox lineup yesterday, the first thing that stood out to me was that there's none of that great penmanship anymore, right? That you look About forward it. to. Yeah. yeah. The calligraphy. Is that the right? Did I do that right? Yeah, I was done with that. Yeah. You were done with that? I was ready for that. To be All right. Over. Anderson, oh, Robert, Benatende, <laughs> Jimenez, Moncada, Baseball. Vaughn, Grandal, Sheets, Andrews. 
you know, other than one maybe or hoping maybe, that that's your opening day lineup. So that that that's why that mattered yesterday to me. Like it mattered because they put the best that they probably have out there, and it worked. You know, in the pregame show talk, you know, the multiple guys had two hits. Okay, you know, guys had RBI. You know, Andrews with a triple. Tim Anderson drives him in. You know, things like that. That does that that does matter. They were taking a lot of bases, which was good. Right, aggressive on the base. You know, those kinds of things matter. So when you're when you're putting out the the possible opening day lineup. I think it matters. Yes, I, I think if they, listen, if they had come in here and they were zero and three and they had lost ten to one with that lineup, I think that you'd have a lot of questions and you could say, well, it's just a, well, of course not. But uh, you know, that, that's my job, making a mountain out of a what, molehill. What's, what's that? Because just, the, the games, because you shoot him down all the one hundred and sixty-two games and people, you know, you we go back to this. That, this isn't you, but people He's trying to fly. People, you know, uh, yeah, okay. The Cubs started, you know, five and seven. Big deal. It's it's only game thirteen. Yeah, every game matters. Not in spring every training. single game matters. Not. Ma- not I didn't say they all mattered in spring training, but that first win does. Right. You got to get that first one under your belt so that you can move on. Because if you start zero and three, zero and five, zero and six, there's going to be rumblings. I hope so. I mean, I, I, I like Pedro Grafal. He's done everything right. Said everything right. He's an easy guy to root for. He makes the Sox likable again that's hard to say that but I think he gives you a reason to like the Sox I'll, I'll give him that much um so I'm happy for Pedro Grafal because I think he I'm pulling for him I don't think it means much 10 runs in the opener is I, I think the outcome is irrelevant in spring training it just is there are too many examples of that there's too many maybe at the end of spring training you'll feel differently but you want to see fundamentally sound baseball you want to see guys running the bases you want to see them not making mistakes and effort and all those things but by the way i have to ask this before dustin at the risk of getting dustin to dismiss me again um who bench who benched oscar colas if this is the opening day lineup i thought oscar colas was your opening day right fielder gavin sheets yeah that 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 made my blood boil i said except for one (laughs) i did i did make that so do you think that's got to be the one, right? right. That, that's where okay. I was going. You didn't ask, but now you did. But yeah, that I said. I said everything looked like an opening day lineup except potentially one, and that but, would be Sheets. Ben Intendi batting third. I don't know about that. No, I, think, I, I don't know either. I like Tim Anderson obviously at the top. I like Vaughn, but batting sixth. I think that if he's going to be Steve Garvey, he's going to bat higher than sixth. Steve Garvey, by the way, not a Hall of Famer. A bit of a controversy there. He's only got like. 2,559 hits. He doesn't have 3,000. He's he's just short in some areas and did, will probably get in with the modern with era With the Veterans guys. Committee. Yes. The veterans yeah, committee. I think that's something that but, uh, but has been a point of contention. I misspoke yesterday by that's saying okay. comparing yeah. him to a Hall of Fame. But he's because con- he was a 10-time All-Star. 10-time All-Star, former all- MVP. This still yeah. very high praise. That's very high You know, that's a really good question. Elvis Andrews called it weird to play second base Monday, a position he hasn't played in 14 years in MLB, but will do so this year for the White Sox. How long do you think it'll take for Andrews to adjust, and do you expect defensive problems as he does? I don't expect defensive problems. I think he is consummate professional. He was one of the brighter spots of a dismal 2022. Elvis Andrews is an honest guy. He's candid. He's a great guy to have in the clubhouse. I love that he leaned into that. It's going to look weird to have him on that side of second base, and he's going to feel as awkward as he looks. 
for a while. And then he'll get used to it. It'll probably take until opening day, maybe, maybe even into the season, maybe even the entire season. But I just don't think he's going to let it get in his way. The ground ball is still going to be a ground ball. The throws are going to be uh, easier for him to make in theory. And he's got the arm to turn to. And I think all of the things will fall into place because he's a 14-year veteran. Making an adjustment that's not as easy as we make it sound, maybe. But I think that he can make it. It's going to be a little while. But um, no problems or concerns with Elvis Andrews. The White Sox could have done so much worse than Elvis at second base. And will it take time? Sure. But that's just one more reason to watch spring training baseball, right? That that's When he's out there, you're going to want to see you know him and Tim Anderson you know, converting double plays and throwing over to Andrew Vaughn at first base. That's something you would look forward to. And I did see, you know, the Cubs had that the other day. They had their their first double play with their their new up-the-middle defense in a, in a shortstop turned second baseman. So, yeah, I mean, of course it's going to be weird, but that he'll get it. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a pro. No concerns. Yeah, I, 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 um, I heard that, and it kind of shook me slightly. I just thought there'd be no issue at all because he's such a pro. Elvis all and shook then, up. And then him mentioning – that uh, it was weird that that I didn't like hearing that, frankly. But I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going <laughs> to ignore it until there's a reason not to. Because I just want this to go on, and I want him to be fine there. And I need him on that team. I need him on that wall. And uh, and I look forward to seeing that. And I'm not going to let anything. I'm, I'm effectively shoving my fingers in my ears and humming loudly while he adjusts because I won't accept that there's going to be any issue at all. I just need this to work out. I think I just respected the fact that he was honest about it and didn't try to make people believe that he could play a new position after 14 years and it not feel awkward. (laughs) Listen, if you're going to put your fingers in your ears, I'm going to look at the clock. (laughs) I probably should take off my headphones if I'm going to do that. (laughs) Great question. For the third straight game, the Cubs scratched a starter, this time third baseman Patrick Wisdom after Seiya Suzuki and Justin Steele. And now we've learned that Suzuki has pulled out of the WBC. Is there a position the Cubs are deep enough to absorb an injury setback, and what is it? Yeah, I think that um, I hate to say this because nobody can afford any bullpen problems, but I think they've got so many guys, such a collection that they could probably afford some bullpen problems. I, I think that they've got a lot of um, of options and a lot of uh, young players there. I, I don't want to say outfield because they have an outfield problem right now, and I, I think that they've got a lot of young guys on the way, but there's a reason that they've signed, to, uh, you know, Cody Bellinger, for instance, to a one-year deal. I think they still – and they haven't pulled the trigger on Ian Happ. I think they're still waiting to try to buy another year – with some of those outfield prospects. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, both sides of town, I worry about depth. And I, I, think, I think I understand that there's a lot of options and a lot of guys you can move in and out of lineups, but it, it, it really, there was a drop-off from starters to, uh, you know, there's not, it's not like you're, it's going to go unnoticed, like, say, some other places where they have uh, more frontline backups if that makes any sense um i i think that both these teams need to have everybody healthy and i think suzuki's a bad deal i hope he's okay because you need him to be good you've paid him to be good 
and he worked all offseason to be good. So I hate that he's got a setback. You know, I, I'm convinced that the wisdom thing's nothing, and I wasn't really that sold on him, but you don't have a lot of power behind him. So I would be concerned about that. And, you know, for the Sox, I think they they can't afford to lose any of their frontline guys. I would agree that I think the Cubs do have a lot of pitching depth. So I think, and they've got guys that can start bullpen. And if, if you if you run into that problem now, you could stretch a guy out to be a starter. And they don't have the, the defined roles in the bullpen, right? right. They're still it's wide that. wide open. Yeah. You know, Tommy told you guys he would love for somebody to go ahead and grab that back of the you know ninth inning guy, but that that's still weeks away. Um, now Ross had said before. Suzuki pulled himself out of the WBC to look at wisdom as a potential replacement out in right field. That doesn't do a whole heck of a lot for me. Now he's a good, he's a better athlete than you might think, you know, but I, that's not a long-term solution, but like Brennan Davis, you know, he, he had said, and this, you want him to say things like this. Like he didn't just come here because he was invited. Like he came here to make it tough on the Cubs to not keep him around. Okay. Well, you know what? He's going to get some reps. Go ahead and do that. I think, you know, but PCA the uncertainty is... the of a young player's bat is sure, what I'm talking absolutely. about. I, I agree with what you're saying. And he's, how old is he, 24? He's, he's that, I mean, he should he's be mature. ready. Yeah, but, he's but, 23. But he'll be he'll be 24 at some point okay. this year. Yeah. Suzuki pulling out of the WBC is a bit of a concern, not only because I wanted him to make the pitch to Otani, <laughs> but because the oblique injury is something that it could linger. And he needs to be one of the livelier bats in your lineup. And he's there. I don't think you have good depth behind him. I don't think that you can count on prospects to emerge. It would be a surprise more than a certainty. So that one concerns me. Justin Steele concerns me. I know you guys make great points about the bullpen and the pitching depth, and all of those things are true. Caleb Killian had a great day yesterday. There's a lot of young pitching to encourage Cub fans. But Justin Steele was one of the guys at the top of the list that was going to have a breakthrough year in 2023. He's starting off with a tired arm. I get it. It's spring training. I don't want to overreact because I just dismissed this White Sox scoring 10 runs. So I want to be consistent here. But Justin Steele's not pitching. That's a, that's not good. Of all the guys so far on the injured list, I think that with due respect, Patrick Wisdom is the most expendable to me. You've got protection behind him. Look at Nick Madrigal at third base. I know it's a it's an odd fit, but he can play there in a pinch. Christopher Morrell. You've got uh, Rios, who they just added to the mix. You've got options. You need his bat because they don't have anyone else maybe to hit 25 home runs, except for Dan Dansby Swanson. But of, of the three injuries so far, the one that concerns me the least is Patrick Wisdom, and the other two, it's a toss-up. I understand why you're asking that question today, but it's probably a question I'll probably answer later in the season. Only the Yankees, the Padres, Mets, Phillies spent more money than the Cubs in free agency. According to the New York Times, how many of those teams will the Cubs finish ahead of, in your opinion? And can you please explain your answer? Yeah, easy. They're not finishing ahead of any of those teams. They aren't finishing ahead of the team that's likely to win the AL East, the team that's going to be a wild card team in the NL West, the team that's going to win the NL East, and the team that's going to be a wild card out of the NL East. Those are four playoff teams. The Cubs are flirting with that. They are contenders in name only so far. They have spent over $300 million they, in free agents. They brought in more players with that money than any other team. The other teams spent more on one individual, perhaps, bigger contracts. But the Cubs actually 
did their part. They stepped up. It was intelligent spending. It was aggressive spending. I like it. I like it a lot. You had to if you're Tom Ricketts. You had to if you're Jed Hoyer. You had a credibility issue at the beginning of the offseason, and you went out and you proved that you were willing to spend to contend. So now that they have, congratulations. Now they've got to do the rest of it. Now it's up to David Ross and the roster that they put together. I like the roster, but they're not better than those four teams. Those are four teams that could be still playing in October deep into the month. The Cubs will be lucky to get there. So I think when you compare them to those four, they don't really add up. But when you compare them to other teams, you know, maybe flirt with in in wild card spots. I like I like their ability to contend. I think that's well said. Their ability to contend as a wild card team and their ability to contend in a division that's not fantastic. I, I mean, if you wanted to really start nitpicking, though, I mean, will the Mets and Phillies potentially beat each other up enough? that there's some way if everything went right that the Cubs could potentially have more wins than either of those two teams because of the fact that the National League East with the Braves in there as well is a much tougher division than the Cubs. I, I mean, there's a... But the balanced schedule could take care of that. That could take care of that. You're right. I mean, I'm just saying that that would be the only potential way. I mean, the difference is, is that the, the Yankees, Padres, Mets, and Phillies have their eye on the prize for this year. Their teams, as David said, are all hoping to play late into October, and, and the Cubs are hoping to, to get back to October. But I don't think they're at the point where they're looking to win in October. Yeah, I mean, the, the difference here, obviously, is that the Cubs have just started spending. They hadn't been spending. I mean, I know they, they got uh, Stroman and they got Suzuki, but they really haven't spent until this year whereas all these other teams are looking for finishing pieces. They're looking to win in the right now. They are all in for this season. Look at, uh, look at the Padres. I mean, if, if ever there's an example of a team that is all in, it's a team that believes before the season starts they've got five legit or four legitimate uh, MVP candidates on the same team. So I, I think that uh, that's the answer is that these other teams have already – been spending money and are spending money this season to add to it to finish it and the Cubs are just getting back into the idea of spending money and they're starting to put their team together I mean other than Dansby Swanson how many guys are really long-term kind of buys this offseason as much money as they spent I think he's the answer so it'll be interesting to see how they fare against those teams but I, I would imagine that those teams are ahead of most teams in baseball other than the Dodgers you know, to answer your question. It looks like Fred Van Vliet will be available for the Raptors tonight, his first game since the All-Star break. Is that a tribute to the Bulls' newfound energy and competitiveness? Is this an all-hands-on-deck with these guys now? Who are you taking tonight in Toronto? Well, I, I think Fred Van Vliet is ready to come back. Proud son of Rockford, uh, technically Chicago suburb, isn't it? I don't know. Local guy made good in a way. Um, kind of. Yeah, in a, in a little bit of way. Illinois player, anyway. Um, yeah, I don't think he's come back just for the Bulls. I don't think it's, that you know, they're rushing him back and he's, he's actually uh, still uh, needs another night off. But I do think that, that the Bulls are probably capturing everyone's attention with a couple, a modest two-game winning streak. Um, yeah, it gets to three tonight. I, um, I'm taking the Bulls in Toronto. I think it'll be a closer game than the 44.1 or the 20.1, but I think they can win a close game. I think that's the next step for them 
in their journey uh, in the most important 23 games of LeBron's life. And how about LeBron? How about LeBron down? going down? Yikes. Game's not as important. <laughs> um, the Raptors are a team that are ahead of the Bulls. They're, they currently are in ninth place at 30 and 32. So it's a team that's in your way, if you will. Another that can, one. Another one that can help you get closer to where you want to get, which I guess is at least into the into the tenth spot. Um, Bet Rivers has this game as the Raptors as a four and a half point favorite tonight, and they've got a over under in total points for Van Vliet at nineteen and a half. Now, if have you the, been making our show bet, Dustin? I have not. Use if Van Vliet can, um, if they can keep him under twenty. I think the Bulls have a really good shot to win that game. So if you like the Raptors tonight, I think you've got to like Van Vliet. And now the other thing is, you know, while the Bulls have been winning, they still can't shoot the three. And that's something that Van Vliet does pretty well. So I, I unfortunately, if I were betting tonight, I would bet over Van Vliet and I would bet that the Raptors cover that four and a half. Thinking he would come back just because it's the Bulls is a flattering question that overstates the significance of Patrick Beverly's arrival. You'd almost think I wrote it, but I didn't. I don't know if Van Vliet is coming back because of the importance of this game or not. I do think he's a significant piece of that roster and that team. But the problem with the Raptors, to me, if you're the Bulls, is they're going small, and the Raptors are long and athletic. They have too many guys that are going to be a problem on the boards, on the glass, defensively and otherwise. They won't break 90. <laughs> well, they might break 90. I beg to differ. I think this is the the one game in this four-game stretch that we talked about last week coming out of the All-Star break. All winnable games, but I said they would be 3-1. and one. I think they win tomorrow night against the Pistons, but I don't think they win tonight. I think this is too bad, bad of a matchup in Toronto and the Bulls are not going to be able to continue the PBEV uh, bounce tonight. And for what it's worth, the total is 220. So that seems that seems high, right? Given the fact that no one can score 90 on the Bulls. Now. Right. What's 90 and 89? That's 179. I would take the under. Look at David doing the math. math. Take off your shoes and socks and count it up, my friend. It's like, I hope you're not asking me to do that. I'm a clock watcher. I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. That's the voice of Brad Biggs. He's going to be with you guys at seven. In the last two days, the Blackhawks traded veterans Jack Johnson, Sam Lafferty, Jake McCabe, with Patrick Kane gone any hour now. Who's the face of the Blackhawks? That's a good question. That's a really good question. I'm sure that they're – I don't. I shouldn't assume they're asking that at the, the United Center in the, in the front office. Uh, they don't have one right now. Max Domi's playing great, but I don't know that he's a guy that is going to be around. I don't know if he's going to be here past Friday. There's no guarantees any longer. Kyle Davidson was on the pregame show on NBC Sports Chicago last night. They finally got around to Thank you, Patrick Sharp, for finally asking Kyle Davidson about a Patrick Kane update at the end of that interview. My goodness, I thought it was going to go on forever and him never be asked. Patrick Kane, still a Blackhawk in name only. This is going to happen probably before Friday. And then... They are teetering on irrelevance if they aren't already on the way there. Patrick Kane was the reason you went to games, the reason you bought tickets, the reason you paid attention to Blackhawks updates. Patrick Kane was the franchise with Jonathan Taves not being available. The face of the Blackhawks after the trade deadline, pretty anonymous, pretty faceless franchise. And it's going to be that way for a while. All these picks are picks. They're not prospects. 
This isn't baseball. Kyle Davidson has accumulated a ton of picks. That is currency, but it would be nice to get a body here or there. <laughs> a guy who is on the way up, a guy that you can point to. And last night was a tank victory because they lost the game and maybe they came a step closer to Connor Bedard, but that's the closest thing to the face of the franchise and there's no guarantee that he's going to be here. Well, I was going to say he's got a different face after last night's game and it's Max Domi. He lost a tooth, right, in that game? Got a, a puck or a Over stick. Over the weekend he did, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So maybe, I, I think until he's gone, gone, I mean, the face, it's the captain, right? It's Jonathan Taves. I mean, if you were gonna if you were gonna do something on social media or put up a billboard, I, I think it would be of Jonathan Taves. But it might be the coach. And right now, I mean, he he's one of these guys that he's a tryhard guy. Came in here really, I, I really enjoyed him coming in studio. Great. And I think he, the games that the Blackhawks have won, he definitely should get a little bit of credit for that because I think he's definitely sending the right message inside that dressing room. So I guess. He would be if That's I a, a really honest. It's it's Luke. He's the guy. He's the face right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say Connor Bedard because that's the whole point of the season, <laughs> right? I mean, it's it just that was going to be my wise guy answer. But I would say that um, you know, until Kane is traded, until Taves is finished with his contract, it's totally them. Always will be. Max Domi's a good answer. Seth Jones, one of those guys, I suppose. Um, but I, I don't think they have a face to the organization. I think the face of the organization is going to be the guy that they draft. What, it, what Hopefully, Connor Bedard or whomever it might be. Uh, will they have one of the big three? And there, aren't there three players we thought going into the year that would be pretty good uh, options? And, uh, and it would seem that, uh, that Bedard has taken kind of control of that narrative and he is now the guy everybody wants. So hopefully they get him, but... Man, I mean, it, it's they got a ton of picks. They got another first-rounder, top 10 protected. I think it's a 2024, 20, 25 pick, 25 maybe. And they got a second-rounder in 2026. I mean, they're, they're just loading up picks for years to come. And the problem with picks in years to come is that there are those are not guys that come right in. Those are guys that are going to be joining the team a couple years after they're taken. It right? buys a young general manager time. Yeah, it's that's a, I mean, seriously, it buys you a ton of time if that's the way you want to go about it. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if they, whoever they land in this draft after they uh, finish their tank uh, will be the answer to this question. But as of right now, I, it's either Max Domi or Seth Jones. I don't know that, I don't know that either guy would be pulled out of a lineup by many uh, Chicago sports fans that aren't Hawks fans. If they were walking down a, exactly. a corridor or a terminal at O'Hare, would they be mobbed or stopped? No. No. They'd make their flight on time. Why would Why would the, the uh, airline authority stop them? I don't know what you're implying. Right. 312-644-6767. The Extra Point is next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Set up this Extra Point. It's time for the Extra Point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. All right, guys, what do you want to hear from the Bears general manager, Ryan Poles, today when he meets with the media at the NFL Combine in Indy? Do you expect any news? I want to hear him be as vague as possible. I want to hear him make no news, tell no truths, say very little. I don't want him to reveal much of anything. I think that he 
will be asked about his commitment to Justin Fields, and I hope that he repeats his phrase that he will have to be blown away by one of the quarterbacks that is in the first round, the Bryce Young, a C.J. Stroud, or whatever the case may be. He'll have to be blown away to move off of Justin Fields. He'll be asked about the Adam Schefter report about the Bears are leaning toward trading the number one pick, which is not exactly news to anyone here in Chicago because that is the expectation all along. But I don't want Ryan Poles to give anybody anything that would be considered ammunition. That would be, I know that sounds counterintuitive or, or contrary to what we want in terms of candor, in terms of fodder, in terms of talk radio stuff. But for, if the question is what do you want to hear from him for the good of the Bears and the, the smartest thing to do, say nothing. Well, if he says nothing, there's going to be a lot said about his nothing, <laughs> right? Well, Here, here's what I would like him to do. I mean, he's going to answer questions respectfully. He's well, going to be be professional about it, but I don't think that he can reveal an intention. I don't think that he can say anything that would make, oh, Chris Ballard or uh, anybody in Carolina or Las Vegas or any other team. He's not going to. Ha- I don't want any tells. I really appreciate the question, and I respect it. But you have to understand if the process. You know, I, I, I don't want to hear that all day, though. Either here's here's what I'd love to hear him say. <laughs> He's probably not going to say it. I would love to hear him give like an unbelievable scouting report on the top four quarterbacks. I, I'd love him to give his pitch on why all four of those guys are going to be really great players in the NFL and would be a really great fit for anybody looking for their franchise quarterback. You know, draw. It's not just two guys. It's not just three. But now it's four. And I'm going to tell you why all four make sense to me. Ryan Poles, the general man. That would be interesting because what does that do? That creates something. It creates. I mean, do you think that that Schefter tweet was planted yesterday? Yes, I do. You know what? Also, that would create Dustin. That would create the need for Ryan Poles to text his quarterback QB one right after the press conference and say, "Didn't really mean it, Justin." Uh, yeah, I, I look, I, I like the idea that Ryan Poles um, is just going to kind of get up there and be the same guy that he's been and talk about pretty much the same message he's on, how, uh, you know, the Bears, this is a big uh, draft pick for us and we're going to do everything we can for the franchise and we're going to, you know, we have some money to spend in free agency and we're looking forward to building a team that any player would want to join and you know, I'm in cahoots with uh, with the coach, and that we're all on the same page. And there are there are ways of answering questions of, you know, being you, if you will, right? To steal a uh, a uh, phrase, be you. Um, there's ways of being yourself, answering questions, and really not giving away all of uh, all of your plans. You know, I'm looking forward to sitting down with everybody. We're gonna we're gonna be interviewing everybody that we can. We're really excited about the, the you know this process getting going. We feel like you know with the, the money we have in free agency and with the uh, and with the draft picks, we're gonna be able to build a team that uh, that the people of Chicago will be proud of. There's there's a way of answering questions, being consistent in your mes- messaging, and not Re- require savvy. And not tipping your hand. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're not. You're not just holding your hand out here. I'll, I'll tell you what my cards are. Here are my cards. Right. Take you, a look. You can do you, you this skillfully. Do that. You, you can, can do this very skillfully. A good communicator, Dustin. I'm curious though, if he were to do what you suggested and 
extol the virtues or describe and evaluate the four quarterbacks likely to go in the first round or potentially to go in the first round, how much would you be concerned that he would be alienating his own quarterback? Is that a valid concern, or do you think that there would be this agreement kind of unspoken, but everybody knows that D- Justin Fields understands they're not going to deal him, but Ryan Poles has to uh, pretend that they might? I think the latter of what you just said. I think I think they've had that discussion with with Justin and his people, if you if, so. if he needed to, unless they can just text each other without you know, stepping out, crossing any lines or if it breaks any kind of off-season communication issues or who knows with the, you know, the collective bargaining agreement. I don't know if there's, you know, you can't, t- you can't, you know, keep, no, no talk about football right now, keep guys. your own counsel. Trust no one. Don't, you're, you're there with all the people that you've known and been hanging out with all these years. You're in a different role now. So you want information, but, but you don't want to spill the beans on anything. Would you want to communicate your intentions or explain what you said to Justin Fields? Is that important, do I you think? think? I, I think that Justin Fields, he's already told them, listen, you're going to hear a lot of noise. There's going to be a lot of things said. You're our guy, and we're staying with you, and don't worry about it. That's all. I okay. think he's already had that conversation. And he won't tell us that he's had that conversation. No, he'll, he'll say that I'm going to keep all my conversations with Justin Fields private. Yeah, I hope Fields you can understand should, that, right? Fields should understand that, too. Because at the end of the day, it's more important rather than hold his hand through this process to get the team right. I guess I also want to hear today, I guess, if we're looking at details, they hired a coach. Yeah, they did. uh, To add to the offensive line room or the offensive coaching staff. Yes. Steckel, Luke Steckel from the Tennessee. Steckel's son. Yes. Yes. The former head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Career assistant coach. Yes, the former offensive coordinator of – the Titans when they got to the Super Bowl, if you recall. And and this is a young lad who was the tight ends coach. They mixed things up. They moved him. We don't know where they moved. We don't know. He's now the run game well, analyst. Well, that's what I want to hear him explain. What, what Th- is that? This is a detailed in yeah. the weeds. We'll talk to Big Z about it at 7. Yes. But I am curious this move because it suggests. He's going to work with the offensive line, apparently. That's yeah. what they've said. And a run game coordinator. Yeah. Ad- adding to Luke Getze's staff, another Luke. The book of Luke will be the yes. Bears playbook. But, I mean, the thing about it is this is a guy that interviewed for the Chargers uh, offense coordinator position. This is a guy who's pretty well respected. 37-year-old Princeton grad. Princeton. He's going to be a pretty bright addition to this coaching staff. Yeah. I want to hear Ryan Poles describe it today. But that's the only thing I want him to detail. Things like that. In terms of draft wants and needs and intentions, say very little. Tell few truths. Trust no one. Trust no one. That's good advice. Well, for a general manager. All right, it's three cyni- one two. It's also very cynical. It's pretty ugly. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. But the worst thing you can do is reveal anything, right? Right. You just you know, don't just act like you know what you're doing and keep a low profile. Make it until you make it. There you go. I like it. It's Mully and Haw on Chicago Sports Radio six seven to the score. The NFL never sleeps. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. Yeah. Never uh, sleeps. Thank you, Mike Florio. I think that – And Mike will be on at 8.45. You see that reflected in the news at all hours of the day and night. And this morning, early, around 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. indie time, Adam Schefter reported that the Washington Commanders will place a franchise tag on defensive tackle Deron Payne. 
which has some relevance here in Chicago because he's no a- surprise, by the way. No offense to Adam, but that that has already been announced. It's just confirmed now by Adam Schefter. Absolutely, we had to wait for the, you know, the the other part of the story. Last week we talked about the potential players that could get tagged yes. and and how that would affect the Bears in the marketplace when free agency opens on March thirteenth. Deron Payne was somebody who had a breakthrough season, would have fit perfectly in this defense. But now it does affect your thinking, I think, Mm. on draft night. Because had you signed somebody of his caliber in free agency, you might not want a duplicate piece in, say, Jalen Carter, who is, by a lot of people's account, maybe the best defensive player in this draft. Maybe Will Anderson, but Jalen Carter. And that's why Mully will continue to talk about what the Bears do and how far down they go. I would be very leery about going deeper than fourth because that would put you probably out of the mix of either one of those two guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I got to tell you, I think that um, I understand that. I understand what you're saying, and I think those guys look like really good players. I do think, though, that um, that if you want to maximize the value of that pick, then you could, you could still stay in the top ten and uh, pick up quite a bit. I understand. I, so I, I, I would be listening to all offers. Let's I, put it that way. They better be. Maybe we'll hear that from Ryan Poles today when he's not telling the truth. Yeah, well, you just want to get a king's ransom. That's all. You do. You want to get as much as you possibly can. You want to maximize the value. I think it all depends, though, on on what team. It, it's like you could go to seven or nine and get the kid from Northwestern, get another second get another pick and two firsts in the next couple of years. I mean, you could really load up on this thing if you were willing to move beyond the top five. Definitely. It depends on how much you are in love with the idea of either one of those two defensive players Mm -hmm. and what your scouts and what your own evaluation shows you and tells you about how valuable those players are rather than the possibility of someone later in the first round. It's a good debate. And we'll talk about the value of that pick as we go forward here, especially with Big Z at seven. But right now, my inclination would be to not go deeper than or lower than fourth. All right. Gerald is listening on the Odyssey app. 312-644-6767 is the number. Good morning, Gerald. How are you? Good morning. And, and it's Gerald. You guys got it all wrong. Pace, Ryan, uh, polls need to trade that pick immediately to the Houston uh, uh, franchise for uh, the second round pick and whatever else he can get because I think Bryce Young's stock will start to drop. He's not at the combine and you know he had that AC joint uh, scare and I don't, I think he's a slight build yeah, quarterback. He is, and I think that's why he's skipping the combine. But CJ Stroud has an opportunity to woo. A lot of teams. And so if we get out of that first round, that first pick, immediately sell it to Houston, and then we have the advantage again with the uh, second pick. We'll become the number one pick. And hype up. The hype train will start moving towards C.J. Stroud. And we can increase the draft capital. And keep trading down. And keep trading down again. Yeah, you could do that. I don't think that the Houston Texans are going to be as compelled as perhaps the Indianapolis Colts or maybe the Carolina Panthers or the Las Vegas Raiders to move up because they're sitting there at number two. 
they're not going to give up as much. So you might be, yeah, trade to number two and then trade down again, but then you're not going to – why would the Texans do that? Why would they give up so much if they know the Bears aren't going to take a quarterback? What if they gave up – Somebody else would move in front of them, maybe. What if you trade down one pick and you picked up the – the sec their second pick in the draft, which is the first pick in the second round. That'd be good too. Or you trade the second and what he's suggesting, I think, is trade down again. I've seen that in, in several versions of a mock draft. Yeah, maximizing the value depending on what teams will give you. I do wonder how they're gonna balance that with the I don't want to call it urgency, but Adam Schefter suggested this yesterday. They might trade the pick as early as this week. They might trade the pick as early as this month or before free agency. And I know that you've said that there's more value in waiting. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. not. No, I I mean, I, as I said to you, I think you got to establish what you're hoping to get. And if someone it, gives you an offer that blows you away, then you take it. It's like a bunch of houses in the neighborhood. You know, you just don't know what each, t- each, each household's values are. What do they – prioritize what is their budget how badly do they need something yeah when they go out to buy something how bad so the 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 Colts and the Panthers and the Raiders might be more compelled to give up more for that pick than say the Texans or another team that might need a quarterback so the value of that number one overall pick will depend it's not it's clear cut as it seems there's not a chart that you can really attach to it it, or, or a vet, you know, Jimmy Johnson's chart, I think it's going to depend on the team and how compelled they are to get that quarterback. All right, we're going to bring in Brad Biggs. He is uh, down in Indy or driving to Indy. Is he in Indy? Is he, did he go last night? Is he there now? My we'll guess is there. Him. My guess is he's there because they're talking this morning, and we'll find out uh, what Biggsy thinks of all the reports that are out there and all the uh, – all the possibilities that are out there, and and what does he want to hear from uh, from everyone in the combine? And he'll be talking to everyone, so we'll keep in touch with him throughout this thing. Big time next, Mully and Hall on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 